Big Fluff. Hey, you're not the masseuse. I'm back. You're so tense. What are you doing with her purse? Oh, do you like that smell? It is the Swedish oil. Oh, I hope you are enjoying this. Gross! My stomach. Hurry up. Do not lift your head because the Swedish will throw your spine. Everybody, I'm Joel Murphy and I'm Andy McIntyre and this is Silver Linings Playback the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver lining and we got an easy task ahead of us this week it's all silver linings with the dog who saved Christmas vacation uh, good night everybody yep there we go that's we, it we did it <laughs> yeah the title you, alone if you long-time listeners, and by long time I mean since we launched a year ago, will remember that we did The Dog Who Saved Christmas last yes, this year. This is part of our last Decembers. Yeah, uh, when we gave episodes. you our heart. Uh, but the very next day you took it away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which we also did the movie last Christmas, which I highly That's recommend. True. We did do the movie last Christmas. Going back and listening to, because uh, that movie's wild. Uh, yeah. But yeah. The Dog Who Saved Christmas is an ABC family movie that we did last year. Uh, there are a ton of sequels to it, including this, this one. This is the first one. This is the first sequel, the 2010 uh, Dog Who Saved Christmas Vacation, which picks up a year after we left. Uh, what's the name of the family? I've already forgotten the family. The Bannisters. Name. The Bannisters. And now they're going to go on vacation for Christmas because I guess they got some notes from viewers of like, what if you set your Christmas movie somewhere with snow? So they did that instead of the California house that they rented out for a day to shoot the last one. Right. So they rented out a ski chalet for a day. The actual uh, set at the actual Keystone Ski Resort in Colorado, which is an actual place. Which seems like they might have gotten some promotional considerations because those signs were all over the movie. They were everywhere. Yeah. So... They go there uh, because their their grandmother owns a place, I think. Yes. And then they stay there. And then it turns out that uh, the mom's brother, or as some might call him, the uncle, is already uh, there with his son. Yes. And their poodle voiced by Paris Hilton. And then our inept thieves uh, played by... Joey Coco Diaz and real life villain Dean Kane. Dean Kane. Uh are are back uh to this time they're trying to steal a necklace from a parody of Paris Hilton named uh was it like London James? Which look, I appreciate that you're doing a parody of Paris Hilton when you got Paris Hilton's voice, but shouldn't it be like London Hyatt or or L like London Marriott? London Marriott, like dude, come on. <laughs> London La Quinta. 
That would have been amazing. Uh, London yeah. Days In. Yeah, London Days In. <laughs> London Motel 6. Um, London Red Roof. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, they, so they're there. Just coincidentally, they cross paths with the Bannisters again. And apparently, like, in a year, they've had the trial, gone to jail, and been released. Yes. And... For- uh, Breaking and entering, attempted grand larceny, and a host of other crimes. Yeah, they they got a slap on the wrist, I guess, and are, you know, uh, they're out. So they're immediately trying to to rob this, like, what is it, a quarter of a million dollar necklace, necklace. from, you know, uh, La Quinta, from, from London La Quinta. And right. um, so... It's London you, Holiday Inn. So as you heard in the opening... Uh, they they steal it by farting all over her during a massage session. But I'm going to talk about a sound plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You hot boxer because of all of the bologna yeah, you sandwiches. Just Dutch oven <laughs> the heiress and <laughs> and so. But they, as they're escaping, they're being chased by security. So they run into a a gift shop and they drop the necklace into a like bargain bin dog collar uh you know like clearance bin and then the banisters show up because uh for some reason the father is really invested in having his dog Zeus uh have sex with his uh brother-in-law's dog that's a poodle named Bella voiced a, by Paris Hilton that's a poodle named Bella voiced by Paris Hilton and uh, so they decide that Zeus is going to buy a new collar for Bella. And wouldn't you know it, they, bu- they pick up They that- find in the bargain bin this real diamond $250,000 necklace. And then uh, they put it on her and then, you know, are the crooks, I don't know, they eventually- <laughs> They find crook- out? somehow they find out somehow and then take a really long time to actually hatch the most obvious plan which is just to grab bella and then get the necklace off of her but that takes a good hour into the movie before they this movie is of course seven hours long it definitely feels like it it is the irishman of uh christmas movies Uh, with as good of visuals as the Irishman, too. It's the same team. And as funny. And as funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they, they decide to kidnap. They, it really feels like, like they didn't have, because if everyone remembers, I'm sure they do. I'm sure you all listen to all of our shows over and over again. So you've memorized the plot of The Dog Who Saves Christmas, which is Home Alone, but with a dog. Uh, but... It felt like they knew that they needed to do that, but their heart was not in it this time. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> like, there's five minutes of just, like, setting up a tripwire and, like, a few other just things. And then they, they it doesn't even work. And then it, it just ends up on a foot chase and I don't know. Yeah, and then they see the other the the avalanche dog trooper off in the distance, and that's enough to let them get away. And then the movie ends. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the entire time, uh, Gary Valentine and his brand new veneers are <laughs> <laughs> are being every 
hacky male stereotype that could possibly exist under the sun. But here's where this movie gets hat on a hat. Okay, like, because, so as we established a lot, he is, like, every, you know, like, like Kevin James, you know, like, like anyone else, he is every hacky, uh, Kevin can F himself, you know, sitcom husband, who's so put upon with his, uh, you know, too good for him wife that has to, that, like, they really amp up how much she, she gets hit in the face with snowballs, she's like, knocked over by Christmas trees in this movie. Yes, um, but and this is a shrew the entire time. But yeah, I mean, that's consistent from the last movie that she is the worst wife that has ever existed. She is just nag wife. But so they get into that. So he's very like, you know, obviously he's got some homophobia. Obviously, he's got very particular ideas about like what what a man's role is and how a husband and a father should be. But this is where it gets hat on a hat. He's still there's then the brother uh, who is worse than him. So, like, there's no contrast. There's he is a very, like, toxic, toxically masculine. But then there's a guy that's worse than him. Like, yeah. Yeah. If. Played by Casper Van Dien, I should Mm. point out. Yes. Which a plus on that name. No notes. Yeah. Casper Van Dien is an all time great name. I mean, I'm surprised he's not shutting down the ski lodge with that name, honestly. Or holding a ski off against <laughs> against Gary Valentine. He does have a snowball fight. He does. Yeah. But yeah, and like the whole time he calls uh, Gary Valentine's character Leslie, because that's his middle name. Yes. And but that's not a boy's name. Well, that's what I'm saying, too, is like, yeah, there's that. And then there's also like he wants to go, I don't know shark hunting or i don't know whatever he wants to do uh but shark hunting i don't know i zoned out a few times he wants to do something manly and uh gary valentine it's tubing it's not even that manly it's just he wants to go tubing right he wants to go tubing but gary valentine wants to get a facial like at the spa and then so again it's like a mix of like to spend quality time with his wife who's also getting a spa treatment that day which seems like a very reasonable thing for a married couple to do on a vacation right and and if that was like the conflict i would get it like if he was actually like a really sweet and loving husband but he's only a sweet and loving husband when it needs to conflict with his brother-in-law right and then the rest of the time he's just like his (laughs) brother-in-law uh so there's all of that also Got to get into this because not letting us get past this. This is what we find out about the brother. The reason that the brother-in-law is staying there. His marriage has fallen apart. And so insanely, his wife has taken his three daughters and left him with his son. And the dog. And the and this poodle. What's like, you know how you do. You know, when, yeah. when you divorce... You split up the kids based on gender. Everybody knows this. Right. The, the boys go with the dad. The girls go with the mom. Yeah. How, I mean, because what if they need to go to the bathroom? Like, how is it going to work? You know, that has to be that way. And this might be stealing some thunder from what may end up being silver linings. But we're going to have uh, so his, many silver linings. Don't worry about burning. OK, one. but his estranged wife is played by Catherine Oxenberg, his real life wife at the time. Wow, how do you know this stuff? Did you look this up? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, and you may recognize Catherine Oxenberg if 
like many of us during the early days of the pandemic, watched a bunch of Nexium documentaries. Oh. Because her daughter, India Oxenberg, was very uh, embroiled in the Nexium. Yeah, yeah, mess. yeah. Now that you say that, I do remember all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and she was also on Dynasty or Dallas, one of those. Sure. Yeah, one of those. And the, the, the daughters are his real daughters. That I, that I didn't know, but it was in the IMDb trivia. Okay. Not his real son, though? I don't think so, no. Okay. What are the odds, though, that his, to get back to this movie, what are the odds that his character kidnapped his son? Because I was like, I felt like that was a possibility. 50-50 at worst. Right, right. Like, I kind of felt like she took all the kids and he just like broke in and, and stole his son back and the dog to spite her. Yes. That was the vibe I got. Yeah, that probably happened. Yeah, because that would make, honestly, tracks better for me than the, the idea that the wife is like, I'm taking our daughter's. You can keep our son. You can keep that idiot martial arts nut son of ours. Oh, right. Because the son also sucks. Like, just yeah, he's, he's the just worst. a garbage person. He's the worst. He, he does karate all the time or whatever, martial arts, and um, yeah. ruins anything that the, the Bannister children are doing. Uh, and in Christmas Vacation tradition, the Bannister children are completely different actors than the dog who saved Christmas. It is. Yeah, yeah. I did appreciate that for sure. Um. Because the original kids were both gingers, and then now they're not. Yeah, they don't look anything like... The kids are completely different in this movie. Completely different. They're the yeah. same age, I think, roughly, or the boys older, the girls younger, but... But they didn't try to find kids that look like the last set of kids. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there's all that. Um, yep. And it so it bails on... A, like, I don't know, I... <laughs> I'll say that I feel like this one makes me appreciate the first movie more because I I didn't remember thinking it was great. But watching this, I was like, seems like there was a lot more going on in the first movie. The first one at least had a more consistent narrative thrust. Yeah. That, you know, the dog couldn't bark and because it had, had experienced real trauma as a police dog. And then, you know, they adopted him and the dog's like, causing trouble because he's not incredibly well trained and you know sorry i'm just remembering the scene from last year when the guy breaks in i that thought popped into my head when they staged a break in to see if the dog would be a decent guard dog and then we're There's like no I'm sorry. scene in this movie as good as that scene from no the, that the scene one. i mean that scene deserved an academy award compared to this film like no it's amazing because then they're like i'm sorry like, dude, no, you can't keep the dog like that. Yeah, you got to got to get rid of Zeus. Mm -hmm. So, um, oh, and in, in a classic power move, uh, Casper Van Dien's character constantly uh, incorrectly names Zeus, you Apollo. know, to show that he doesn't care about him. Yeah, he calls him Apollo instead. Well, and Hercules and, and Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so other, like, that's the thing, it's like, I don't know your name, but also I'm going to call you other gods. It's like, I heard you were maybe a Greek god or something. Yeah. Um, Thor. <laughs> I don't think he calls like, him Thor. Also, you would think then that if this was like with all these conflicts that are happening between the two, you know, male patriarchs that like maybe he would care that he was trying to get Zeus to hook up with this clearly like show dog poodle. But no, that doesn't come up No. Well, and then like in classic shrew fashion, Elise Donovan's character as the mother like totally sides with her brother yes like, yeah gary valentine you're being kind of a dick he's like 
not compared to Casper Van Dien. <laughs> who also showed up unannounced and ruined your family vacation. Like, right. because he's going through this divorce and then lies about it. And really, the dog doesn't save shit in this movie. But he does twice say that he's like somehow they got that note that that what was missing was Mario Lopez saying the title of the film multiple times. Yeah, because he multiple times goes, oh, I guess I'm going to have to save Christmas vacation. Direct mug to the camera. Wink. Yeah. Move on. Um, I we're not this show, but I think it's just it's worth mentioning that uh, doesn't seem like anything like cinematography, sound mixing, uh, editing doesn't seem like those were concerns for this film. <laughs> one of the great moments is that at one point when uh, Coco Diaz and uh, real life villain Dean Kane are <laughs> casing the dogs. Mm -hmm. um, you just hear growling in the distance and they cut to the most. <laughs> obviously different stock different yep. everything stock footage of wolves mm -hmm. yep yeah, yeah, yeah because joey diaz is taunting them with a stake, talking trying to get the dog's attention with a stake yeah but he gets attention of timber wolves yeah sure but then it's yeah it, it cuts to yeah like it, andy is 100 percent correct it is it it's like when you would watch like old sitcoms and they would they'd be at a baseball game and then they would just the footage of the baseball game would be like clearly be grainy and not match like anything else they shot. It's like that kind of vibe of just these wolves are from a nature documentary that they badly dubbed. Like you could into almost the hear the David Attenborough audio <laughs> underneath that they just just turned the volume net down on. Yeah. Um, well, and then to top it all off is so uh, Joey Diaz throws the steak because that seems pretty logical because they're going to be more interested. In yeah, the steak. yeah. You're trying to get but away. Then they cut to the dogs eating something that is clearly on a bone. Yes. The wolves yeah, yeah. rather eating something clearly on a bone, which, which is so weird, too, because <laughs> here's the, like, you know what stock footage you have. Right. Why not match it? Like, like, I get it. You don't have the budget. Why not use a T-bone? But that's what I'm saying is like, you, you know what you're trying to sink to. So you might as well buy the same meat that they're eating. But no, no, it's like a floppy, like flank steak or something that he. Right. It's skirt yeah. steak. It's, you know. Yeah. So in another moment like that, and again, it's not this show, but it just really stood out to me Um, when there's various points when he's calling home to his mother uh gary valentine's mother played by mindy sterling like it's really clear that they shot most of this on film but that is clearly on videotape when they're shooting mindy sterling like it's yeah. it is blatantly obvious and there's yeah. a gigantic party at the the mindy sterling household yeah and, I, and gary valentine just decided to f off to keystone resort yeah. instead of spending time with his the, re the rest of his family i also i was very confused by that yeah because like through or no, it's I, actually no, because it's uh, it's his mother-in-law, because Mindy Sterling is uh, Elise Donovan and Casper Van Dien's mom. But it's her house that they're staying in, right. too. Like, that's the thing is, like, she's clearly throwing a party, but they're staying in her, like, winter Yeah, she's throwing a party at her, home. like, normal residence, but they're staying yeah. at her winter residence. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was unclear. And again, what the hell do these people do for money? <laughs> yeah, which was never, it will, I, I hope is never addressed at this point. But yeah, it's very unclear what anyone does. They have money, though. But yeah, They're also, loaded. But also, I, I think that was the other thing, too. So, okay, so we know that 
this is these two siblings they're it's their mother that we're talking about like they're siblings they both and all of their children are staying in the the winter house the vacation house who are all the people in the house like were they like crazy cat lady adrian barbeau's extended family yeah it's it's very unclear very well established in the first movie that she had nobody in her life except for her animals right yeah. Or strongly hinted, I guess not set out right. But. but yeah, it's there's just children in the house with them that, that no one... And no adults. No adults. So maybe they've just kidnapped a bunch of children? Or, you know, I mean, I, I feel like this is teasing my biggest silver lining, but maybe they've adopted some children? Oh, I, I, your silver lining is the same as mine, and that is definitely a possibility. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's a tease, but, uh, but yeah. I Before we get to that, though... I, I we're not getting out of this segment without me mentioning. So we had a discussion of if we were going to do this one, because there's also a uh, spoiler for future episodes. Uh, the, dog, the dog who saves the holidays, the dog who saved the holidays, which I guess maybe Zeus also saves Hanukkah in there somehow. Could be but, Kwanzaa, could be Diwali. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm guessing, yeah, it gets more inclusive. But um, we were trying to decide if we the, which one we were going to do. And so we we watched the trailers the reason that I felt very strongly that I wanted to watch this episode was because uh, Joey Coco Diaz uh, dressed up as a woman and pretended to be real life supervillain Dean Kane's wife in a honeymoon suite. And so I was very excited for that. Not nearly enough time spent on that. Oh, God, no. Oh, man, yeah. that was infuriating to me. Like, I was like, do you know this? Your logic was sound. It's the funniest pitch that you've had in either of these two movies. And you even you make it clear they show up at the front desk and they're like, we're on our honeymoon. And the guy is unflappable. He's like, oh, congratulations. There is, that should have been the first five minutes of this movie. And there should have been multiple scenes of all of the like, I feel like they should have stolen someone's reservation for the honeymoon suite. There should have been all these like planned like couple spas and like, you know, all these couples events that they do for that. There was so much right, like romantic my, candlelight dinner by the, the snow fort that then like they have they to have to do to keep up appearances, appearances that they're and that I would also hope if I if you and I were scripting this, which we should have, and we are available because they've made a lot of these. And if you want to make more, Andy and I will write these. Uh, but I would have had it be the, like that. Joey Coco Diaz gets kind of into it. And it is it hurt that the Dean Cain isn't. Uh, and they have the scene where it's like, we're here on our honeymoon and you're yeah. not paying me any attention. Oh, yeah. it writes itself. Yeah. Which also, I mean, then you could really if you really want to do the holidays thing, maybe Dean Cain picks. His fake honeymoon with Joey Coco Diaz over the necklace. Maybe. And maybe it's uh, the real love that they had found along the way all, all along. Yeah, because we still... Or have... he just stays as real life villain Dean Cain. <laughs> yeah, and, and Joey Coco Diaz realizes he could do better. And then then he could uh, <laughs> he could fall in love with... Is it, what's the guy? Is it Vincent? Um, the guy who played Big Pussy in The Sopranos. Oh, Vincent Spadafore. Yeah, yeah. They could fall in love and be a couple that looks exactly like each other. Uh, oh, with, man. I would watch a movie with Coco Diaz and Vincent Spadafore playing an, an elderly gay couple. It'd be Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, first of all, it would win all the Academy Awards. Also, just since since I that came to mind and I brought that up, I would like to point out that I watched uh, The Mini Saints of Newark this year and when... 
Coco Diaz popped up, I was utterly convinced that it was Vincent. (laughs) I was like, oh, they got him back. Okay. So he's playing like, like, you know, like big pussies, like ancestor, you know, like a, you know, like a, someone older. No, no, it's Coco Diaz, but I cannot distinguish those two men. They look very similar. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Yeah, I, I would, I would watch a movie. Oh, and they're like these two elderly Italian men, even though Coco Diaz is Cuban. Um, or maybe have him be an, an old Cuban and an old Italian guy. They find love. Oh, man, they're going to have different the bocce cri- ball court. And, and they're going to have different uh, Christmas traditions that they're going to have to, you know, lasagna and, you know, Cubanos or, you know, they're going to have to. Like, oh, bring I their could two- go for some lasagna and Cubanos. That does sound delicious. <laughs> I'm going to put that out there into the world right now. That's a spoiler. Now, Andy and I are doing a new podcast called Lasagna and Cubanos where we just no, eat No, that's those. the title of the movie, Lasagna and Cubanos. And that's what they call each other. Oh, my yeah. God. Those are pet names for each other. They're pet names. He's, that that uh, jo- uh, Vincent Spadafore is uh, lasagna and Joey Diaz is uh, Cubanos. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> and then there's like some really heartfelt scene at the end where they've had a fight and uh, Coco Diaz is like in a restaurant and the waiter, he's by himself and it's it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> and uh, right. Because they had course. a fight on because they had a fight on Christmas. And uh, the waiter is like, um, do you know what you want? And then he looks at the waiter, tears in his eyes and just goes, I want lasagna. And then he just gets out of the restaurant and runs. And just you see him run, but then immediately gas out and be like. (sighs) But what we didn't see is that Vincent was also running at the same. So they actually once he's like, (gasps) he's there because he was coming to the restaurant. And then they hug, share a passionate kiss, fade to black, roll credits, Academy Awards our way. Yeah, there you go. That's a movie right there. I feel like I almost want to end this episode. I think we did it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no silver lining of this movie is as good as lasagna and Cubanos. I feel like that's our sweetest pitch that we've ever done. I think it might be. Yeah, this, that one's beautiful. You know what? I think that's a good place to pivot unless you, you had anything no, else. I, that, there, yeah. I mean, I mean, we could. Yeah, obviously. It's, Honestly, it's just more slagging on a very cheaply and poorly made movie. Yeah, a movie that was made for a week, like in a weekend for, I'm going to guess, like, you know, a tax write off. Like, just yeah, 75, what, 80 bucks tops. Yeah, whatever promotional considerations they got from the resort and whatever some ABC family executive found in the couch of his office was the budget. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good place to pivot. And then we can, we kind of teased it, but just to say it, I mean, we, I remember that we brought this up with the last one. There was sort of, it was unclear, like these two women, you know, they, they met doing karaoke and they seem to be connecting, but what is their relationship? I am assuming, and I will not be talked out of it, that this movie is confirming that they are now a couple. Oh, 100%. There's no doubt in my mind that they have now they are now living together as an elderly lesbian couple yeah and that and they've adopted 20 kids apparently yeah. minimum 17 children yeah. <laughs> to go with all of their animals so loved that i, I sincerely yeah, that was, I, I was so yeah. happy to see that not only did they acknowledge it but 100 percent confirmed that mindy sterling and adrian barbeau are now lovers because I was worried, like you and I, we wrote a lot of fan fiction 
uh, after last year's episode. It was hot, too. It was hot. And we mailed it all to ABC, not realizing that it was a movie from 11 years ago, like hoping that they would incorporate it. I mean, I it. knew, but I still wanted them to know about it, how yeah. we felt. But, uh, but it was nice that I, I felt like they were honoring what we, the fans of this franchise. I mean, that's what Dog Who Saved Christmas fans were really wanting, because the movie tied itself up in a pretty neat little bow. Mm -hmm. Except for like, well, what's going to happen with Mindy Sterling and Adrian Barbeau? Mm -hmm. It seems and weird now that we they... Know they fell in love and adopted 17 children in their twilight years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, this is beautiful. And they apparently uh, Mindy Sterling does not want to see her children on no. Christmas. She's like, yeah, go F off to the uh, the ski house, the ski chalet. No, that's fine. You guys take it. I, I'll be here by myself. <laughs> And okay. I, I think she made the right choice. I'll be no. perfectly honest. Seems like she had a better Christmas. Yeah. I mean, that, that, the Christmas for the uh, Bannisters was... This is two miserable Christmases in a row. Yeah, it's, it's not good. I don't know. Like, I know that we can find out what happened the next year because they made more of these. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. Um, all right. So we... Coco Diaz is a silver lining. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, and that's why you and I have signed on to write this film for him, so he can get the Academy Award that he so richly deserves. But that man, he's what brings us back. I mean, like I said, we watched the trailer. I saw uh, Coco Diaz uh, being the, the put-upon wife in a fake relationship with real-life villain Dean Cain, and I uh, was I was in. Like, he's he's... The name on the marquee that that brings you and I back to these films. Yeah, I mean, he is he is the heart and soul of the Dog Who Saved series. Yeah, he really is. And you can see, and spoiler for the future ones that we do, I mean, they replace Mario Lopez, who I think does a, a perfectly fine job. Of Mario oh, yeah, Lopez. he's fine. But, like, they just brought Joey Lawrence right in there, and it, it didn't miss a beat. They've replaced the children. But the one thing you can't replace in these movies is Coco Diaz. Like, yeah, 100%. Like, the man has clear wants he wants to eat lunch meat and open up what is what was his dream his dream is to open up a butcher shop that oh. apparently serves exclusively different types of bologna yeah yeah it's it's all lunch meat based his his dream and i do love lunch meat i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie mm -hmm. yeah. not as much as as joey coco diaz but yeah um, I mean, I quit eating meat, so I don't, I, but, but, you know, if one man could bring me back, probably It'd be, be Coco Diaz. Yeah. I mean, if he invited me to the butcher shop, it'd be a tough day. I gotta say, it'd be, I'd be real conflicted. Yeah. Um, but no, he, and like, he is completely okay as an actor of looking foolish. He's like, he just approaches comedy with no worry about looking cool. No worry about being above the joke. Uh, which is something I don't think you can say for Gary Valentine. No, no, yeah, or Gary real life villain Dean Kane. No, or or real life uh, '80s teen movie villain Casper Van Dien. I think you can say it for. Uh, forgive me. What's the the wife? Uh, Elise Donovan. Elise Donovan seems really game for everything. Yeah, she does seem up for it, and and I hope that she gets paid really well for these movies because these movies don't deserve her. Just to be clear. No. Yeah. Um, one thing, and I know we've kind of pivoted, that left me a little disappointed, um, is that there was no gag reel at the end. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I thought the same thing. And the thing is, they fake you out. You think there's going to be a gag reel because the credits start rolling and there's a little uh, like 
small picture in picture, but it's just them. It's just uh, a few scenes of them tubing. Of them tubing, like some cut footage. They were like, look, if we have one edict on the dog who saved Christmas vacation, it is that no single frame of film will be wasted. Which leads me to believe they maybe just one took everything. (laughs) I believe it. I believe that they're like, I think this is the only explanation. There is no gag reel because everything that was shot is on the screen. That actually tracks a lot. No, that and and that was one of like, because you really got to see how delightful a person, at least Donovan, seems to be from the uh, gag reel. No, I remember talking about that last year, that it was like when she wasn't scripted as Harpy. Uh, and she just was a person. Uh, she, she was, was delightful, so delightful, and and so de- I, I just like I, I'm curious because we're gonna keep doing this. Like we're committed at this point. I hope that there's a pivot point for her. Like I, I want more for her character. Um, and it, the movie seemed like this movie seemed less interested in her as a character than the previous one, which I didn't think was possible because that right. movie didn't. Because this seem movie. And I think that was just an extension of this movie not being interested in anyone in the movie. Yeah, it's it's hard pressed to really figure out where the time was spent. It, it really because like you have you have Her- Paris Hilton slightly past the peak of her fame in 2010, not terribly removed, but um, and like isn't playing Paris Hilton, which seems like an odd choice. Like she's just doing the voice. Well, it's weird because there's a character that's a parody of her that she's not playing. And then she's just the she. And the weird thing is, she's not even like the the parody of her has a dog like the real dog that Paris Hilton owns. Right. But that's not who she voices. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, And I know we've pivoted, but there's just so much to point out that like. Paris Hilton really should have voiced the Chihuahua, and then whoever voiced the Chihuahua probably should have voiced Bella, because that would have been using Paris Hilton to better effect. And I mean, she is a personality, and she was a pop culture phenomenon for almost a decade, and that's not for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the parody of Paris Hilton should have been played by Nicole Richie. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, another silver lining to this movie is that we've now added an official title to uh, former star of Lois and Clark, real life villain Dean Cain. (laughs) That's just made me happy throughout this episode every time we've referred to him as such. I mean, I like to assume that was always his title. We're just clarifying. You know what else is a silver lining? That we have a bisexual Superman. I'm just that's just me hoping that he because I assume Dean Cain Googles himself and then listens to anything where anyone talks about him. So, oh, I'm sure I'm sure that happens. Yeah. So I'm just throwing it out there. So I'm ecstatic. I hope he and Batman kiss. Yeah. Colorado in in the snow looks beautiful. Does that count? (laughs) I mean, sure. I'm happy that, uh, you know, these people got a free vacation. <laughs> yeah, got to spend a weekend at Keystone Resort in snowy Colorado. That seems nice. That's always nice. I mean, you already kind of teased the thing about the guy and his wife, but. Yeah, yeah they got... although they've since uh, separated, so. Oh, that's that's a shit. Gary Valentine should write him a letter. Yeah, he sh- I mean, that's the only th- option, I think. 
Although this is another interesting thing is that they're like each separate. There's a separate IMDb entry saying that the actresses playing their collective children were played by their actual children. Like each one gets its own entry and it says, um, uh, you know, so-and-so is played by Catherine Oxenberg and her estranged husband, Dean or Casper uh, Van Deen's whatever. It's, it's just weird that each one gets a separate entry and it's just worded very like, like that Casper Van Deen just vanished into the night and <laughs> left these kids behind and kidnapped his son and, the and dog. kidnapped his son. Yeah, it's really it's, it's life imitating art. He that really is what happened. Also, now sorry, I'm just I think I'm piecing all this together because we there was a lot of information for me to process at the beginning. Is the daughter from the Nexium documentary in this movie? No, she's not. Okay. Um. Yeah. Because that is not um Casper Van Dien's daughter. Okay. Right. That is uh, Catherine Oxenberg's daughter from a different, um, a different relationship. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. That's a. Yeah. I. The, sorry. That's that's a lot to process. But yeah. Um, um. Yeah. Do you think they were just there? Maybe. Maybe the reason that it's his real wife and his real children are they were just there, and. I'm sure. I'm sure that's it. And he's like, hey, can my wife Catherine be in this? And they're like, all right. And they were like, how so? And he was like, well, I don't know. Isn't my character like married? And uh, and they're like, oh, right. Because I assume no one read the script or was paying attention to those sort of things. And then he just pitched. What if they resolved it or whatever? Yeah. What if and they got back together? And they were like, sure, I guess. It's like, yeah, why not? <laughs> we're going to go to lunch. But if you want to set up the cameras and film that. Yeah, if you want to get the, I mean, we don't have any lighting, so if you just want to make sure you're shooting it at the magic hour. Look, I know that we pivoted. There were a few times where straight up a person was just not miked. Like, just, like, there was that when they ran into the kitchen, the dogs, the guy who yelled at them was very clearly not miked. It was just very, like. Well, and there was other instances where, like, it was right after they finished skiing and Gary Valentine was very bad at it. Like. The family is clearly having a conversation, but you cannot hear the audio. Yeah, there's a lot of weird sound mixing in this one. And even the the voiceovers with uh, Mario Lopez and Paris Hilton kind of feel like they were recorded on iPhones. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like they went into a studio to record. No, and this is a, an iPhone 4 or whatever existed in 2010. Yeah, they were new. I think they might have been like iPhone one or two. <laughs> I think that's yeah, pretty good. Oh, eight was maybe when the first iPhone came out. Oh, so yeah, okay. probably. Yeah. Probably iPhone two. Yeah. Yeah. So it was early. <laughs> Very early in the, in the iPhone generations. Um, but no, uh, so let's recap silver linings, Mindy Sterling and Adrian Barbeau finding love. Yeah. That is confirmed. Are they confirmed. got our letters? It's canon. It, it's it's clearly canon that they are a couple a year later in the dog who saved verse. Why did they not? You know what? I'm sorry. I know that we're <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to stay positive, but like, remember, like the last one ended like with weird caroling and there was the karaoke scene. No singing in this one. No, none. Yeah. I, I was hoping to see another appearance of the kid just going ham during the caroling scene. Right. Yeah. Because that okay. was my silver lining from the last one. It was great. It was. Oh, you know what? You did remind me the the most sincere laugh that I had was not a line that was supposed to be funny, but 
I legit, it, it, I don't know, it really hit me much like that kid from last year. Is the scene where the, the two dogs are missing and Gary Valentine goes to look for them and can't find them. And um, the 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 kids are like the um the kids are all being consoled and it's like oh you know like uh, we're gonna find the dogs it's gonna be fine and the one the the kid that is the son of the the brother you know so like the the nephew, the nephew. uh he he just has this like thousand yard stare and he just goes but the woods are so big it's <laughs> 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 like so weird and just out of place and it legit i enjoyed that, no, that yeah i do remember that moment because he's <laughs> totally just staring into the middle distance like <laughs> almost like dead shark eyed yeah no he's complete he's somewhere else like that is he's that's like the beginning of this movie turning into um like a shining ripoff i did i did kind of hope like there was enough vibes that Honestly, that would have been great. Like, if the first one was a parody of Home Alone, if this was just a parody of The Shining, like, <laughs> that it was just Gary Valentine's like, I have to be here to do whatever work I do in this cabin. I was just thinking Mario Lopez doing a bad Jack Nicholson impression. Oh, you were thinking like, the dog was Jack. That's like better. No bacon and no toilet water makes a Zeus something something. Yeah, all they need, like, because... At one point, Gary Valentine legit had an axe, so it yeah. wasn't that far off. Like, um, yeah, I mean, okay, so that would have been. Um, Again, I guess we'll it, write that movie too, ABC Family. Yeah, ABC Family. Freeform, if you get it. whatever it's called now. I know that Stephen King wasn't really happy with Kubrick's The Shining, so maybe he'll like our the dog who saved The Shining better. The dog who saved the. Stay at the Overlook Hotel. The dog who saved the Overlook Hotel. I think that there it is. Yeah. No, I got a better Doctor Sleep. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all barks and no belly rubs makes Zeus go crazy. It's there. We'll find it's it. It's there. Something. There, I mean, listen. We'll spend time on it. Yeah, yeah. This is all. We'll spend all the time that the seventy-five bucks you give us will. <laughs> we'll like, go for this is brainstorming there's no bad ideas in brainstorming but we'll tighten up this pitch like yeah, when it's no, time the, the, yeah. the whiteboard is getting filled up as we speak yeah and look coco diaz if you're available i'm thinking of you for the the, the lady that's in the bathtub like but that's you you know that because you're already going to trust us after we've won you an academy award for best actor for yeah. uh lasagna and cubanos you're going to be getting other offers and you're going to be like i don't know i don't know boys like is my phone's ringing off the hook and we're like no trust us when they see you as woman in what is it room 234 is 237 that, 237 when they see you as a woman in room 237 um you know here's the thing though i intentionally said 234 it's an easter egg i'm tipping ah. you off it was nice. intentional. It was to let you know that Andy and I did the moon landing. We did do the moon landing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in uh, like the 90s. Because we, yes. weren't, we weren't alive. In the as far <laughs> as you know. Yeah. Wink. I, the people can't see it, but we're both wearing uh, Apollo sweaters as we record yes. this. Yeah. We have just the, pa the Apollo patch on our shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right, where were we? So the the women, uh, Adrian Barbo and Mindy Sterling as a yes. couple. Uh, that kid talking about the woods being really big. That was great. Uh, Joey Coco Diaz, always, always great. Always a silver lining. Yeah. Were those all of them? Yeah. I feel good about it. I think we, I think we hit on all of the good things about this movie. I think we saved the dog who saved Christmas Vacation. Yeah, I think this episode is better than the movie. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, you don't have to watch it now. So that's also a silver lining. Yeah, we did it so you don't have to. <laughs> so, so you know, and also for your consideration, it's Cubanos and Lasagna. Cubanos. Yeah. So keep an eye out. Coming know. out early 20, right at awards time 2022. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do that thing where it's like, you know, L.A. and New York release but then you know to be wider release the following after year. the the streets start bubbling over how great this movie is yeah we're really counting on like word of mouth like we're really you know we're gonna let it get some momentum you know really old school vibe it's coco diaz like you've never seen him before <laughs> with a man who looks just like him <laughs> playing an a chubby ethnic stereotype <laughs> the, no the, that's andy come on they're going to be so much richer. And that's the thing. We're going to turn true. it all on its head. That's, that's the good work that we're going to do. It's going to be... Uh, it'll be our big follow-up to Jason Goes to Court. Yeah, which again will be unexpected. Because, like, you know, then we'll be like, well, how are they going to follow up that? Probably with another, like, reimagining of a horror film. But no, you can't. You can't pin us down. You don't know what we're going to do. You don't we're know what wily. we're going to do. We're wily and we're full of ideas. I love this show. <laughs> Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why... There's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network.